Madison's Alternative, 1067 The Resistance, this week on the Disruptor Series. I'm joined by Bad Flower. Hello, Josh. Hello. How are you? You're joined by one quarter of Bad Flower. <laughs> yes. Now, Bad Flower has been grinding for quite some time now. What are some of the milestones you've reached already that keep you going? We've had a lot of radio success, which is really cool. But then we've also... To me, the, the biggest milestones that are like really obvious and in your face are like ticket sales at venues. You know, when we like go on tour and we hit a certain venue in, in you know, whatever city, and then we come back to it either like a half a year later or a year later, and it's like double the size and double the, the amount of people. Like that is um, a very rewarding feeling. But if that ever starts to like downtrend, I think we'll just quit. <laughs> <laughs> like if we, if we go to a city and it's like, oh, this is like half the amount of people that we had last time, let's be done. So you're probably well, not- let's like never come back to that city. <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to be like Kiss doing the uh, last tour ever until you're 80. No, I've said this many times. I don't think our band has a lot of longevity. <laughs> totally real with you. Not that like, and what's weird too is like we all really get along still. It's been a, it's been enough years that we should hate each other, but we don't. It's just like it's exhausting, and it's the magic of being in a band that's successful, quote unquote, kind of like starts to fade and it just becomes a job. And then music in general isn't as fun or exciting anymore because it's like you're required to do that to pay your bills. And I don't know, personally, I don't think, um, I don't think it's something, it doesn't make sense for me to, to do it professionally forever if I want to love it for the rest of my life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it's not like you'll ever quit making no. music. You just might not tour forever. Yeah, I think it's like, take a take a take a massive break and then come back for the reunion tour like something like that i don't know we'll see but i not i'm this isn't happening like tomorrow we got a little while (laughs) yeah (laughs) your second full-length album this is how the world ends came out in september now you've had a chance to see reaction from fans at shows do you feel like fans are getting the vibe that you wanted them to get yes yes they are and they're really resonating with it the songs are very personal yeah but I think that's what drew people to our band in the first place. Like it's, there's a lot of different vibes. It's either the the personal sort of emotional stuff or the sarcastic, sassy stuff, whatever. But whatever it is, I think like once once people are in and they see a show and they they feel like they're in this community and uh, feel, it feels like more than just, just a band with songs that people like. Like it really is like a family, no pun intended. <laughs> I love how you are so honest in your writing and admit that it isn't always comfortable to do that. Do you need recovery time from being so vulnerable? No. It's just natural for you? Yeah, and it doesn't, it's, just, it's not hard for me to do that. I mean, the only part that's hard is like, if I'm writing specifically like about my family, then talking to my family afterwards is hard. But like putting it out in the world is pretty easy. I, I don't actually don't feel comfortable putting anything out that isn't personal or, or, or isn't like something real, some, some version of real. And you explained that the latest single family was from personal experience. Has that helped your relationship or was it just more about getting your feelings out there? No, it has helped. I mean, it didn't help. I helped. I started working, you know, slowly on my, my relationships um, just because I, I confronted this topic in such a way. And I was like, I, it just feels like I'm dishonoring myself if I don't. And, um, and also I just want to, I think that was sort of the point of the song is I don't really understand why this is so difficult. Like deep down, I really want to not have these relationships be so strange 
and awkward for me. Yeah, so I'm still figuring it out, but it has helped. This is how the world continues to where it's coming to Madison next month with 68 and Broken Love. We're going to see you at the Majestic on April 27th. And your shows are always a party with tons of energy. The crowd is so emotionally invested in the performance. What do you want people to get out of your live show versus hearing a recording of a song? I mean, that's it. Yeah, I want it to feel, uh, well, I want it to feel as powerful as it did the, the first time or ten, whatever amount of, you know, sometimes with songs, it takes like 10 times and then you're like, oh, it just got me. That happens to me all the time. Like, here's me for the first time. I'm like, eh, that's whatever. And then a certain amount of times and eventually it just like kicks in. But whatever that feeling is, I hope people relive that to some degree. And then also like, I don't know, it's cool. It's cool for uh, people who discover music. That's usually like a lonely thing. Or I mean, I guess some people do it with friends, but like oftentimes you discover a song when you're like driving, you have Spotify or the radio on or whatever. But to be able to uh, to experience something like that in a room full of people who have also had that, like, that's pretty cool. That's fun for everybody. It's like, oh, you, you too, you, you're all messed up. Okay, cool. You're my people. <laughs> when we saw you on Mother's Day last year at Lone Girl Brewing Company, you had mentioned that you bought a farm and built a studio space. I think it was in a barn. How was that? Yes. Called? It's I'm in it now. I'm, I've been working on my kitchen, which is behind me. For a while, I only had um, I only built the studio so we could finish the album in like one part of the barn, and the rest of it was like nothing. Like the, there was like kind of a toilet, but like no walls around the bathroom, so it's just like a toilet foot <laughs> in the middle of the room. And um, yeah, I was living like, like it was it was a train wreck in here. And so after the last tour, I got back and I was so excited to just be at the farm and like be in my little space. And then I walked in and I was like, I can't live like this. This is crazy. So I put music on hold for a little while. I started working on this space and now I can like cook food and I have a refrigerator and my toilet has walls around it. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. You're really moving up now. Yeah. Walls around the toilet. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty simple. Like I need somewhere to record music. And I mean, apparently I don't even need walls around the toilet. I just, it got to a point where I was like, you know what? I'm doing good on money. Tour went pretty well. We sold a lot of merch. I'm going to put some walls up around my toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any animals on the farm? Yeah, we got a bunch of horses. We board horses and, and then like a bajillion dogs and cats. But the plan is eventually to have a rescue, like to rescue farm animals. But that's been the plan since we moved in. And I've been here for over a year now and that hasn't happened. So I don't really trust myself to keep saying that. It's going to happen. I just don't know when. And that part is kind of with the band, you know, having it's, album it, cycles and tours. Exactly, yeah. It's very hard being a full-time musician and a full-time farmer and plumber. Our annual Radiothon, Kibble for a Cause, raises money, food, and supplies for local animal rescues and shelters here in Madison. Could you share a little bit more about how much rescuing animals means to you? I stopped eating all animal products seven years ago, eight years ago. It's got to be somewhere in that in that realm it's weird because i'm not i'm not one of those like crazy <laughs> crazy weird animal people who are like who treat animal animals like people like they're very much still animals i just think like there's like this basic level where if you don't if the animal's not threatening your life you don't need to kill it and if you don't need it to survive then you don't need to kill it because that's just that's just the way that i see it and so any small way that i can do to help that with any animal not just you know then uh, I think that's, I don't know, I, I sleep well knowing that I'm like a part of something good in that department where most of the world truly doesn't care. Like when it comes to cows, most of the world does not care. Cows, chickens, and pigs. Like 
we're all gung ho about rescuing cats and, and dogs, but if you really look at it, there's no difference. They're just, they're all just animals. Do you think eventually you would rescue farm animals? Yeah. I mean, that's, again, that's the plan. That's, that is the reason I I'm on so many acres. Like there's, there's no other reason for that other than, you know, I just want to have animals around. around. The, the issue is like, I don't know anything about farming. Like that's the thing. I'm not like an expert on it. I don't, I don't actually don't know anything. Um, but I'm learning because now we have the horses and we've had a lot of help from like the neighboring um, farms in the area. And uh, it's a lot of um, it's a lot of prep work that has to happen before the cows even come, because I want them to graze like happily. The whole point of this is that I want them to live like the happiest life they can. And if I can't provide that for them, it's not it's just not time yet. So there's a lot to do. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Of course. Today. We're going to check out your latest single family by Bad Flower right now on The Resistance. Thank you so much.